You're watching The Tesla Life with your host, Mark Coughlin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Tesla Life number 259. Here we are, the 22nd of, man, June is almost over, guys. <laughs> it's amazing how fast these months are flying by. It but, is. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, this evening. Got a bunch of Tesla news to get to. But first, an introduction is in order. We have Mr. Casey Green joining us from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? All right. Hello, Moto. Oh, he's wearing the baby sling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And also joining us, we have Mr. Patrick Connor from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? Hello, hello. Happy solstice, everybody. This is the day after. It is. Yeah. Wow. Didn't even think of that. This the days are only going to get shorter from here on out. That's, that's it. It's winter starting tomorrow. <laughs> the first official day of summer was yesterday. And... <laughs> Welcome to winter. No, we've got some we've got some heat coming. It's going to be a warm one this summer. Yes, that's for sure. Although I have to say that all through the winter months, as we get towards December, I'm always looking forward to that day where we reach the shortest daylight day because I knew it was just getting better from that day forward. And <laughs> and now it's getting shorter every day. So uh, it's kind of the opposite. But uh yeah, the uh, the weather's not going to turn on us for quite some time, so we'll we'll deal with it. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully, not too many uh, wildfires this summer. That's, Don't need any more of that. That's a big concern on the west coast, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Tonight, um, this uh, the first story that I have uh, lined up for us tonight is about a uh, a GMC pickup driver that pulled into a parking lot, uh, parked in front of a charging Tesla that was plugged into a, a level two charge point uh, and uh, decided that he was gonna go over and unplug the car. Um, don't know, didn't know why, uh, didn't make a lot of sense uh, as to his action, but uh, actually we have a photo from the car itself. I don't I think he was just EV curious. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's uh, the gentleman in question who was uh, trying to remove the plug. I think he was successful in removing the plug, but not the adapter, obviously, because uh, Tesla's locked those in place when you're at an L2 charger. Um, but um, what, uh, what was surprising was that the Tesla owner was actually in the back seat of the car. He was sleeping, so he was pulling. He was he was pulling a charge, and he was getting asleep at the same time in the back seat of the car. He woke up to find someone messing with his plug. He he got out of the seat and looked through the the passenger side or the driver's side back window, looking at the guy who was pulling the plug, and uh, the guy noticed there was someone in the car and quickly dropped and ran to the vehicle and took off. But what would possess somebody to actually go out of their way by stopping it at night and unplugging a car that was charging at an L2? Uh, and then, uh, you know, and, and that's all they can do. It's, you know, they couldn't even get the adapter. So all you're basically doing is interrupting the charging. But, uh, yeah, you just kind of question, what are some people thinking? I really Why don't, don't you know. buy gas like the rest of us? I'll show you. <laughs> uh. Well, at least he didn't key the car or something ridiculous like that. Right, right. But so uh, and I, to I, fix this. So go ahead. I, I pulled this story because this uh, incident happened in Campbellville, Ontario, a place where I used to work. It's about half an hour from where I am now. But uh, mm. this was uh, this is a this is a carpool lot that they the uh, Ontario has installed uh, chargers in the carpool lots uh, so that people can get a charge if they're pooling with somebody else. Uh, while they're away, the car can charge up fully, and when they get back, they're they're ready to go. But uh, this was a done overnight, so uh, a little bit different of a scenario, but still strange uh, what people think uh, think of doing uh, when they feel they're not going to be caught. 
Yeah. So you mean not everybody in Canada is a nice person? You got some jerks up there too? I, I didn't know that. That's new. That's to be the headline. There's one Canadian guy. His name is Scott, and he's a jerk. <laughs> well, with with our uh, photograph tonight, we're hunting him down, and we're going to kick him out. He's going to be exported to America. Gave him yeah. a complimentary American passport. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Scott. There's the border. See ya. <laughs> or now we have we have a new border with Denmark. Did you guys hear this? Uh, Canada what? and Denmark had an island in the north that was contested. So as good Canadians, we said, well, we'll split it with you, Denmark. So now we have a new land border with Denmark. So maybe we'll wow. uh, drop them off on the island. <laughs> there you go. You got to stay uh, stay on the on the right side of the island. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, fun fun. So, hey, the the adapter. So, if if he was just plugged in at a Tesla station that, that didn't need the adapter, it would have been locked. And the guy wouldn't yeah. have been able to do anything. And if if he had a Nissan Leaf uh where you were just plugged in directly with the J1772 without an adapter, um it could just lock not the first year cars, but the ones after that could lock. And again, he wouldn't be able to unplug it, but with the Tesla adapter, there's no way to lock it. Some people I saw were selling these 3d printed things and I've yeah. got one and it didn't fit. It wasn't, I don't know, maybe I bought a, I bought a, a bought it from a bad vendor. It wasn't a good one, but uh, this, I don't know why the Tesla adapter doesn't allow the locking to translate to the J1772. Like when, when they press their lock, it presses another lock to lock it in. I, I think mm. Tesla could fix this. They could. I, they'd have to be a little bit smarter about when they lock it. It would have to be after the communication protocol finish, not just when there's some, something shoved in there. Yeah. Um, but they could do it. And that would that would have eliminated this problem. He, Especially if this guy's paying to charge. And some of the charging, I don't know what the charging fees yeah, were he in been that paying session. For right. So... Um, some of them have like, you know, a the startup the, fee. Yeah, the ones with the connection fee are the ones that this would suck for. Yeah. So if he, if even if you just plug it right back in, it's going to end up costing you more because you had to pay this connection fee or starting charge fee or whatever they want to call it. And so, I mean, it's not a lot of damages, but that guy has twenty five cents in damages for being unplugged. Five dollars, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get him, man. Look how fun this will be next I, week's show. How we rounded I, I, him up and shipped him out. <laughs> I would much rather them unplug me than damage my vehicle or the. Yeah, port. that too. That too. What, I would much you know, rather we, that they're just seen, not jerks. But. We've, some, we've seen some people that when they find they can't disconnect the uh, the charger, that some people start to kick at it. Like that would just be mm. even worse. Uh, so right. uh, I don't know. I don't know how we can uh, completely fix it. I, I think maybe as. Um, as the public starts to embrace EVs more, which is currently happening, uh, maybe this will eventually root out itself uh, over time. But uh, it is interesting to see how some people behave in public and uh, certainly don't be like Scott. Uh, yeah. You've, you've got to be able to, to rise above Just this. to be clear, we don't know the guy's real name. I'm just trying to be funny. So. <laughs> very good. Very good. Next, uh, Patrick's got a story about a hole. That's right. A <laughs> hole in the ground that's about to get bigger. A whole lot of holes. Yes. Canada, as many of our stories do, and it's titled... The Boring Company receives approval to expand Vegas Loop. So the uh, council voted on this, and they unanimously passed it. When's the last time you heard of anything being unanimous? I mean, <laughs> there's usually yeah, some divided argument. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't happen, especially if anything even close to Tesla's involved. There's two sides to that going, but not this time. So um, this is going to be – how far is it going to be? Another 34 miles. 54 kilometers, and it's going to start at the um, McCarran International Airport and run through the Resource Corridor and up to the Fremont Street Experience. So um, I don't know how they got it past the taxi commission, but they're going to the airport, yeah. and it's going to Fremont Street, one of the, the big attractions there. Uh, the Fremont Street Experience is, is awesome. Uh, that's um, where the... the um, 
the big Ferris wheel is, I think, and and the uh, where you can glide through. It's it's fun. Um, and then to the resort corridor, so you could get off the plane, uh, check in, then go to the, go to Fremont, and there's going to be 50 stops planned along this station. And normally, if you hopped on a train and had to stop at 50 stops before you got where you're going, it's going to take forever. But that's not how the loop works. You you get in at one spot, you have a destination. That's the next time you stop is where you're going to get out. So uh, this that's. A, a, an awesome so I mean, normally when you hear 50 stops you'd be like oh that's impossibly slow i'm just gonna get a taxi but not with this so this is really cool and uh, i'm happy to see it expanding and um this this obviously means that the council's happy with uh, the results they've had so far so this was uh, all good news as far as i'm concerned yeah it's uh it's obviously a, a vote of confidence based on what they've seen so far um with this large amount of tunneling to be done, the, the distances are so large, I can't imagine the number of Teslas that are going to be in this, this expanded tunnel route because, of course, just at the convention center with three stops, we've got upwards of 70 vehicles that run oh, that, wow. that small loop uh, of uh, just you know a kilometer or uh, one mile there and back, so two kilometers worth of uh, tunneling. Uh, this is going to be exponentially larger. I can't imagine the number of Teslas that are going to be in that uh, loop uh, once it's fully functional. Yeah, that is a very good point. And the cool thing about this is uh, we're going to be able to just go and hop in. Like today, the, it's only if there's a convention going and you sometimes have to have a convention badge. And so it's not just open to the public, which makes right. sense. They've, they've put it in for one specific purpose and they don't want... Uh, it just to become a tourist attraction, but with it's not a ride, new, it's yeah, a with this system. new one, it can be a ride, yeah, right. <laughs> it's not a ride, Scott, so get out of here. <laughs> Don't touch that, Scott. That, that has to be plugged in. <laughs> Don't touch other people's stuff. That's the lesson for today, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, that'll be interesting to see how how the um the building starts. Actually, we should be seeing a bit of a an update from them, anyways, from um uh one of the hotels. Uh, what was it? The new hotel that it was connecting to the uh, convention center. Um, uh, the name escapes me right now, World, World Resorts or something along that line. Uh, had the one uh, with the one way tunnel. tunnel. Yeah, the one-way tunnel. Yeah. Oh, the so, one-lane uh, tunnel, I should say. <laughs> that's uh, that'll be interesting to see when that that should be opening up soon, uh, because the the tunneling was done. So I guess the the digger has now moved over to the main uh, main event now, uh, which is uh, going to be basically going down Las Vegas Boulevard. It looks yeah. like uh, so they might need to get a couple more diggers. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, would make sense. I'm curious how they'll handle that that one-way situation. Will they? Uh... Will they be on a schedule? Will they call it in? Like, hey, I'm coming down the one-way tunnel. Because <laughs> it's a little far to beep at it. People... <laughs> I, I bet you, I bet you here's, here's a bet. I bet that they will ask for the second tunnel as these other tunnels are being built. I bet you they will uh, they, ask for it. They, they have it in their designs. So the question, I guess, is when they want to pay for it. So uh, I bet you as soon as they start to see enough traffic, they'll – because right now it's just people going to the convention center. So if you're at a hotel, everybody's going to leave at one time. Everybody's going right. back at roughly the same time. Mm -hmm. But when they're going all over the city, you're going to want them to be able to go and come as they can please. Exactly. Exactly. That one-way tunnel goes to Hotel California. You can check out, but you can never <laughs> leave. <laughs> Man, we are just full of them tonight. Let me tell you. It's a comedy show. It's a comedy cabaret. <laughs> Bad jokes next. all around. Uh, next. <laughs> this is no joke, unfortunately. Um, Tesla has raised prices again, basically across the board. There's a couple of ex exemptions, uh, which would be the Model uh, 3SR uh, hasn't jumped, but almost everything else. Casey, you had a question. So I wanted to point out that everybody has raised their prices except for the Chevy Bolt and Bolt EUV. They've dropped their prices, despite the fact that all the costs of building the things have gone up. <laughs> it's a brilliant strategy, Mary Led. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with, with this, this is worldwide. Uh, we it's started worldwide. to hear North American initially, and then it started to roll to Europe, and China we about China and Australia as well. So mm -hmm. uh, this, uh, this has gone across the board. So Tesla looks intent on keeping their margins 
at what they are in order to remain at the profitability they expected their vehicles to be at. And unfortunately, the consumer's going to have to pay more if they want one of these vehicles. Uh, outside of the long waiting lists, the prices are going to be higher. I don't know how many times we said it on this program uh, that if you are getting the vehicle you want and it's available now, it's time to put that uh, deposit in because something like this can happen overnight or over the weekend and you're going to end up paying a few thousand or a thousand more than what you were before. So uh, if uh, if you are thinking of something, I, I wouldn't guarantee that the price are still not going to go up. May not be going up tomorrow, but you know, it definitely could in a in a week or two or a month. Uh, yep. So keep that in mind if you're on the fence today. The the one good thing with Tesla though is that you know, like since they are trying to lock that margin percentage in, it also means they drop prices. But right now, with the way the supply chains are, it's going to be a while before we see another drop. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure you can find headlines that say that this is horrible and bad signs for Tesla. But I think it's really the opposite. You can't just look at that one uh, piece of data uh, by itself, uh, datum. Right. And you, you have to look at, they have a huge waiting list. And so they don't want that to continue to grow. And one of the levers you can pull to slow down demand is raise the price. Yeah. And, cool. and um, how many people already have their orders in? So these prices actually are only going to impact the people at the end of the line. Right. right. So oh. so now they're guessing at what they're going to have to price it a year from now because the lines are that oh, long. Over a year from now, yeah. Yeah. So well, let, me, let, me, yeah. let me commit Let me commit to sell you this car for $12, even though the, the price per ton of nickel has gone from $100 a ton to $78,000 per ton. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and let me just hope it's going to be okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's a good way to go bankrupt, isn't it? Uh, just, mm-hmm. just hope it's going to be come out in your favor. But right. uh, it yeah. is hopefully Mary's is taking on them emissions. That Tesla has been has been pushing this all the way along for the past year plus uh, that they've been doing this, and uh, and as Elon had said once said that they were looking at starting to cap off orders. Uh, mm-hmm. Haven't done that yet, except for a couple circumstances like Cybertruck in Europe was lopped off. That's not happening, so they took that off the website. But that still could happen as these wait times continue to grow. If they do continue to grow, it's getting tougher and tougher to, for Tesla to guess what their margins are going to be a year or plus from now. So, yeah, you mentioned the Cybertruck. Uh, if you have a reservation for a Cybertruck, then uh, you're going to be getting a sweet deal because by the time that it comes out, vehicle prices might be significantly higher. If you have a reservation locked in at their initial price, you're going to get a, a sweet deal. I, I hope that's the case, but I hear that that it's not a reservation; it's a deposit. Oh, and it was only a hundred dollars, and the price of the Cybertruck could definitely fluctuate. So it may not be locked in for Cybertruck uh, deposit holders. So that is that is yet to you be can, seen. But uh, you have a I reservation, think. right, Casey? On a Cybertruck? Yep, he does. Yep. Yeah, I should have got two with that price. <laughs> what's your what's your bet uh, obviously casey you'd like them to honor the price but is your right. bet that they will do so or do you think the prices well, will rise I, I don't know on that part but i know that if they try and raise the price on fsd for those of us that are locked in it's going to be royal hell to pay for them yeah it not, will not be. for me but from the for the internet yeah yeah <laughs> definitely so we will see um mm-hmm. elon made a comment about cyber truck just today um what do you say? Uh, the final design's locked in, okay. and uh, they expect volume production mid-2023. So they pushed it back just a bit. They thought it was going to be production in the uh, first quarter of 2023. Now he's saying mid. So well, That means we'll see it in March. And then who knows <laughs> when we'll be able to get a hold of it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. A year well, from the... now, we can all be having this discussion again. Okay, he's pushed right. it back a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks. Every other time they've locked one in, it's been like they've said it and we've never seen it again until it was ready to ship. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes after it was already shipping. <laughs> well, speaking of shipping, uh, Tesla has uh, shipped a number of non-Tesla superchargers added to their network. 
So this uh, happened just this week. Another five countries have been added to the mix. Not all superchargers in those countries, uh, but uh, a selection of superchargers uh, have been, uh, and these are all uh, locations in Europe. Um, what were we looking at? I think it was Germany, um, uh, Switzerland, Luxembourg, Finland, Denmark, Austria, Belgium, Sweden, Spain, UK, Norway, the Netherlands, and France are, is the total number uh, with the new additions just added. So uh, again, uh, they're monitoring the situation in most of these countries, except for the Netherlands. The Netherlands, all superchargers can be used by non-Teslas. So the other countries, they're kind of monitoring what's going on, trying to keep track of uh, how they're being used or abused and uh, making decisions based on that uh, uh, going forward. Real yeah. interesting to see when this comes to North America. Elon says it is coming. We just don't know when. My guess is that he's kind of waiting to hear what this infrastructure bill is going to be like uh, that, uh, that uh, the Biden administration has been uh, toting. Uh, there might be some extra money in it for Tesla to open up their uh, current network. There may not be, but I, I bet they're kind of looking at what that's going to entail before they start to bring it to North America. That's just my guess. CCS required. And if it is, and there's money involved in it, I'm sure they can add a CCS cable. They've done it before. Yep. <laughs> so the, the Netherlands, I'm wondering if that's like a, a control a control of sorts. Since what do you mean the, by control? Since they all are, are everyone, and then other countries are certain ones, maybe they can compare it against the other European nations. Maybe, yeah. Uh-oh, Casey's got an unhappy customer. <laughs> You want to be on the show again? <laughs> <laughs> Here's an interesting story, <laughs> and this, of, this, of, this of course is a. Um, oh, there's the little baby. She's look looking happy. He's happy. Yeah. <laughs> She's very happy. Yeah. Oh, I, like I've seen unhappy sleepy. babies, and that is not one of them. Trust me. What what we want. What we want to talk about next is another European uh, Tesla owner. Uh, this person owns a Model S, a 2013 uh, Model S. Okay. They just surpassed the million mile mark in the vehicle. So, you know, 101.6 uh, million kilometers or a million miles on this Model S. Wow. Now, the article is linked, uh, as all our stories are. And I, I invite you to go read it because he does list a number of things that has gone wrong with the car. And uh, he's replaced four battery packs. He's replaced oh, wow. four motors, um, some under warranty, uh, some not under warranty, depending on the time frame. But uh, he gives a, a detailed run through of the uh, issues he's had. Uh, he still, uh, with this type of mileage, believes that he's gotten out ahead uh, with this vehicle. Uh, based on the mileage put on the car and how well it's it's held up to this point. Uh, he did indicate that with this being such a long-term vehicle, what's that? It's, uh, I guess that's nine years he's had it. Yep. He's now mm -hmm. thinking of maybe going to another Tesla. So <laughs> he might be done with the 23, ready to pass on this uh, Model S. Uh, but again, uh, a big milestone. No one else has passed uh, the million mile mark, and he's the first to do it in Germany. He was also the first to pass the um, the million kilometer mark, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He so. was first to do that as well. But I'm all out of the park. <laughs> It's a lot of I, mileage. I think, yeah, if he upgrades to uh, 2022 or 2023, I think he's going to be uh, pleasantly surprised with all the improvements they've made in the last decade, oh, nine yeah. years. Yeah, like those guys with the Volvos with million miles. Right. <laughs> Uh, Hockey Day says, I bet he's got free supercharging. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Early Unless it's a 60 model less. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think oh, you there's can. There's no way this is a 60 to a million.
It's got a 40. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't think they sold them outside of North America. <laughs> uh, Patrick's got our next story. This one's back into the U.S., and this is kind of an interesting situation. Oh, yes. Okay, so um, you might have heard that Yellowstone had some flooding. Well, if you happened to be in Yellowstone when that happened, they asked everybody to stay off the roads because they were flooding. And so when they did that, well, some of the roads went from being flooded to being washed out. So then the people that were stranded there and couldn't get out, they brought in helicopters, uh, large Chinook helicopters, and flew people out. Well, when you fly out, you don't get to take your car with you. (laughs) And one of the vehicles that was there was a Model Y. And when they flew the people out, they were telling them, we don't expect the roads to be fixed for uh, at least a year. And so you'll be able to come back in a year and get your car. And this oh. guy's like, what? My brand new Model Y? No! We waited a year for this thing. <laughs> yeah, the battery's <laughs> going to be trained. It's going to be, I don't know what's going on. So he put out a uh, plea. Anybody who have an idea how I could uh, fix Recover this. Recover this. Uh, yeah. yeah. How, how can I get my vehicle? Uh, he's he's uh, tweeting uh, and uh, asking for help. So I just looked to see if there was an update on this story, and there's not. But Yellowstone announced that they have reopened. It was about 10 hours ago. And um, obviously, I don't think that means these roads are fixed or anything. No, no. But I mean, they, they had totally shut down. So now at least parts of it are reopened. And so maybe there's a chance that the, the vehicles aren't going to be there for an entire year. Uh, but I expect by next week we'll have an update one way or the other if they've uh, gotten some solution, figured out some temporary route they can take them on to get them out of the park or whatever. So yeah. interesting story. <laughs> I wonder if he was able to train a couple of buffalo as to how to plug the car in to keep a trickle charge going. <laughs> He's going to paratroop in with a generator. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that is... Uh... A unique uh, circumstance. I don't know, you know, if, if the road was washed out, as some of the the photos were showing, uh, that the roads that ran along the side of the river were completely washed out. In fact, they weren't non-existent after the flood. Yes, they were gone. Um, it uh, it raises a a serious problem uh, for those vehicles as to you know how they could get out without major road construction um mm-hmm. i guess you could rent a helicopter like a chinook i don't know how much that is an hour to move a vehicle uh, but uh that's uh that's going to be pricey um uh, <laughs> insurance to chip in on it i'm not sure yeah. <laughs> well it wouldn't you be too insurance. bad if you're just taking it from the um i mean it's gonna be bad but it wouldn't be as bad as it could be if you just take it from where it is to where you can drive it again yeah <laughs> I don't, I don't know if, if some of the other people that had the car, maybe they could rent as a group and, uh, you know, rent the thing for the day and, uh, you know, oh, move, yeah. move six or eight or ten vehicles. Get grouped uh, by. Yeah, yeah exactly. The but, Army Corps uh, of Engineers always needs practice in building temporary right. roads and uh, uh, bridges and things. Maybe uh, they can come help out. <laughs> I, I think it was the upper loop. Uh, I could just ask if it was the upper or lower loop that was closed. Oh, um, I, I'm not sure. Let me see I, what the I, story says. I heard it on the radio while I was getting ready for the day. Yeah, that's a unique problem. So we'll have to see if there's an update on that. That'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Next, uh, Elon congratulated Giga Berlin uh, because they reached the milestone of producing 1,000 vehicles in a week. So these, of course, would be all Model Ys because that's all they produce there at this time. Uh, but uh, Berlin continues to ramp up and uh, getting their their things in place. Uh, I understand that they're, they're sticking to just a couple of colors. I think it's just black and blue. Um, the majority of the uh, cars are just coming out with those colors. So maybe that's something to do with uh, they're getting the paint shop ready to go into these multi-coats. Multi um, not really sure. Uh, but uh, now that they're at 1,000 uh, per week, that um, will add to the Tesla yearly total, definitely. But uh, they're going to be wanting to go a lot higher than that. So uh, hopefully uh, they will continue uh, in their quest uh, to uh, push out volume. 
uh, because of course Europe definitely is hungry for the uh, Model Y like every other jurisdiction that the car is offered in. So uh, we will have to see uh, if this is just the first of many milestones to be reached uh, for production amounts at Giga Berlin. Very that good. is cool. Indeed. Well, I couldn't find the answer to Hockey Day's question, but uh, he was hiking on the Beaten Path Trail. So that'll tell you. You can probably look least... that up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, here's a little update to our story last week. Uh, remember we talked about that a certain Chinese city was blocking Tesla owners from driving in the city because the uh, president of China was visiting that city at that particular time. Well, it turns out that there's an update to this, that uh, now uh, the um, Chinese leadership is holding a their annual convention that they, uh, that they perform in a certain town. And now Teslas have been blocked from that city for two months for the duration is of, this, of this uh, uh, meeting uh, that's happening. So... Uh, it's not looking like this is going to be disappearing. Uh, this looks like it's been scaling up, actually. Um, that uh, Tesla is, is now kind of got the sights of the uh, Chinese government on it, saying, you know, con contributing to that they believe this is some sort of a spy mobile uh, that uh, information can be taken from. So do you think this is retaliation for what we did uh, under the previous administration with uh, Huawei and their equipment? Or do you think this is projection? Hey, this is what we would do if we had cars with e-cameras running other people's countries. Well, uh, certainly some of these other Chinese cars like uh, Neo uh, that are coming to the United States, they're going to have the cameras because they have them now on their cars in China. Yes. So I don't know. This this could be you know this could, this could be a tit for tat over time. I'm sure Tesla doesn't want to get in the middle of this. Uh, they would just like their cars to be accepted and and uh, trusted that the uh, information collected stays on servers in China and never leaves. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know where this is going. Uh, but certainly, uh, Patrick, I think you mentioned this the last time we talked about it, that there's many vehicles that, that cameras are being added to. Uh, this yep. is and not coming every day. Exactly. This is this is a trend that will continue. So it's part um, of the crash testing. Hey, it's got cameras. Let's see how well they work. <laughs> so will this will this be an uh, an issue for someone like um, you know uh, uh, BMW or somebody else that sells mm -hmm. vehicles in the country that now are coming with cameras? I'm not sure. We'll have to yeah. see. So what I would think, you know, if I was going to be a spy in China, aside from sticking out like a sore thumb. I would get a Chinese car and replace the cameras with spy cameras. <laughs> and that would drive yeah. where I need to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It seems unlikely. They're, they're right now saying Tesla's are the cars we suspect the most. It would be really stupid as a spy to use the car they most <laughs> likely suspect. But if I get a Neo or a BYD or an Xpeng or... Mm -hmm. They'd be like, your car's driving like it's drunk. Yeah, it's blind in one eye, but don't worry about it. Yeah, that. We, we, we taped up all the cameras. Uh, and for the most part, wherever a car can go, there's probably not sensitive information. I mean, if they're smart. Yeah, yeah. You'd be pretty foolish yeah. to do that. Right, yeah. You don't let cars from anybody drive right past the president or other important people. You have those areas blocked off from all cars, not just right. ones that happen to have cameras. And I think it's not the fact that they have cameras. I think it's the fact that they are worried about where that data is going mm -hmm. and whether or not they can control it. Right. Because so that information like Tesla, control. Right. And that sounds like Tesla needs to do more reassurance for them that, yes, these really are on a Chinese server. And look, here's the data. It's not going to the U.S. or anywhere. Right. Yes. Let the government audit it however they want, maybe even let them control it. And you have access the other way around. And I, I don't. Yeah. Something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's going to be interesting to see as this goes along because obviously it's not going away. It mm -hmm. uh, looks like it's ramping up a little bit. So, ramping up, that leads us to our next story, and we're ramping up superchargers to megachargers. Yes. What do you got? So, uh, the megacharger has finally been photographed, and uh, it, at first glance, it appears to be a proprietary connector. 
But when you let the nerds of the internet get a hold of stuff, they find out that it is actually a standard connector. So uh, have you got a specific photo, Mark, or do I just want to use this article here? I'm uh, digging up photos now. I just got one photo of a split screen. So the name of the standard I heard was MCS? Um, MCS2 is, is what this particular station is using. MCS3 was just announced this weekend. Uh, I did a I did a little uh, segment on it on Sunday, and uh, I because assume MCS I, is mega charging standard, megawatt charging system, megawatt charging system. All right, yep. close enough. Yeah, they yep. both work for me. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, and so it turns out the Tesla's using a draft version of MCS two, and um, while Mark loads that up, uh, I will show. Yes, yep, we can just share it right now. Where did my Wikipedia go? Way down there. <laughs> so this is awesome. This is what we did not have with cars. Tesla didn't uh, want to come out with a proprietary solution necessarily. It's just right. that there wasn't anything else at the time. I exactly. mean, even the early Nissan Leaf used Chatamo because there was nothing else. There was no CCS at that point in time. Right. So the, we, it, it forced us down this. If, if, if there were different gas stations for Toyotas and Fords and GMs, it would be, it would be horrible. Right, yeah. and uh, so this is the way it should be. If if all semis are going to use the same connector, that's that's awesome. Yep. So let's go a little bit further into that since since we're on it, and I burst in it from Sunday. Uh, so this is the Wikipedia article for the MCS system, the megawatt charging system. Uh, this looks very familiar, doesn't it? It's got the blades and then the three pins, just like the we yep. saw in the mega charger. Well, this is the one they announced um, this weekend. It's called the MCS three. So it's based off of CCS. It's an evolution on the CCS with the vehicle to X, vehicle to anything, vehicle to grid, vehicle to vehicle, vehicle to house or load or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is what this one looks like. It's triangular. It's got the, the large ground, and it's got the, uh, the two large DC lugs, and it's triangular in shape. It must be mounted at about hip, hip height. Uh, it has to be a certain size. It has to be on the left side of the vehicle. Hmm. Yes. And it can take anywhere from uh, current charging all the way up to 3.5 megawatts. That is awesome. Wow. Yeah. I remember so at the start of this, we were talking just about one megawatt. Now right. This is uh -huh. three, over three. <laughs> yes. That's incredible. <laughs> right. So if you think there are going to be trucks that have a megawatt hour of battery capacity. Right. Then... So if you charge them at a megawatt, it's going to take them an hour to charge. <laughs> right. And that... In uh, no tape ramp up and ramp down even more right, right. so right. uh yeah being able to charge it two and three megawatt makes sense um that is awesome this is yeah. this is cool this is what we need to get these diesel vehicles off the road so that we can have a future free from fossil fuels yes <laughs> bingo i had to get it in there <laughs> this is a perfect place for it really um there was a video i had this weekend um let me pull up my notes real quick. Where where they show the size and, and, and ease of use in relation to a human. Well, the, the cable's braided, and apparently the cable's liquid cooled. Yes, it um, must be liquid cooled to be yeah, manhandleable. Uh, that would be one hot cable. Uh, yes. But uh, and it's you it's quite large. These gloves, and you grab it. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's not going to touch that one. I tell you. <laughs> Oh, he will once. Yeah, it'd just, it'd just be a fried body next to it in the morning. Yes. Oh man. Right, so that that's the system uh, with, uh, from the Charin group that Tesla is on the board of. So this, this gives me every reason to think that they're going to going to do this right. Uh, and, and as Patrick was saying, the only reason they didn't do it the first time was if they waited for the standard to come out, they would have gone out of business. And that was actually part of what the industry was trying to do, was just wait them out. Hey, if we take our time on doing this thing we don't want to do, that other company will go out of business and we don't have to do this. <laughs> right. And then Which I'm sure crazy. that they also didn't just um, adopt the Tesla charging standard because, again, that doesn't drive them out of business. Uh, we'll do something else and then they're hosed and they won't be compatible and no one will like them, and well, that didn't work either. So, exactly. <laughs> the fudsters just need to go home. That's it. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, sorry, I don't have my my my. Uh, it's in the notes, but I don't see. You can't find it easily. No. Okay. But basically, uh, the guy the guy has one sitting on the on a semi, and then he's got the 
we we thought it might be uh, on the uh, the there's this panel under next to the door, but that's actually too high. It's higher than waist height. And so then uh, down by where the fuel door is, this little triangle guy. And they only need this one port. They don't have to also put J1772. So there might be adapters. There might not. But hopefully, uh, hopefully at your depot, you can just use that connector and just charge on AC really slowly or something. Uh, it's not yeah. clear how you're going to. But obviously, this is this is what Tesla's going to be using out of the gate uh, because uh, this is the first installation at a uh, uh, third party company, Frito Lay in Modesto, California. Mm -hmm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, maybe the test can begin now that these uh, these chargers are active, uh, and uh, the semi can start to roll and carry uh, these heavy boxes of chips that are going to be traveling up and down the road. <laughs> heavy boxes of chips. JT says nice plug. And Akide asks if this is uh, any any relation to Elon's mention of child's toy. I would say yes, because even MCS two does make 350 volts, 400, uh, 350 uh, kilowatts and 400 kilowatts or whatever ports were saying they could do. It does make it look pretty lame because uh, MCS2 will do 750 kilowatts to uh, some amount of megawatts. And then MCS3 is 3.5 megawatts. Nice. And JT, hold on to that thought. We have a story about that too. Uh, so, the thing uh, I'm wondering if they're thinking about is um, there are some charging... Uh, no, I should say there are some... Places where semis can stop overnight, and um, so that the driver can sleep, and they have uh, shore power connections, right? So that you don't you don't have to run the diesel, so that you can have heat and electricity. Instead, you can plug it in, and uh, so it would be nice if there was th these cabs would support a similar type of situation where you can uh, run in shore power mode, but not block the the mega charger for that other vehicles might need to get 20 minute charge and get back on the road right that's why i'm hoping that either we'll see that there is a a low power solution for these whether it's dc or ac or mm -hmm. that the, the manufacturers just include a, a j1772 next to the the dc plugs just just like tesla does in china where they've got the the tesla plug and the chinese plug yes that's a good idea yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah, you'd like them to be able to uh you know, uh, produce some heat while they're sleeping. Um, right. Mm -hmm. uh, run their, you know, their fridge or whatever they've got to mm -hmm. keep uh, right. uh, food cool uh, in the in the cab, and you know, some electronics. Run their computer, run their Wi-Fi, uh, that kind of thing. Or if you have yeah, a small might... family installation, you might be able to afford to pay uh, a third-party charging network to charge your rigs up, but you might not be able to pay for the for the multi-megawatt connection plus the demand fees plus the the charging unit. Uh, whereas right. if you're if you're if your family you're a family unit everybody you know comes in and they do their work during the day and at night the trucks can stay there charging on on what is the equivalent of level two. Although I would have to say also that these larger batteries that are in these semis, they should be able to support the vehicle for eight hours easily running some incidentals as opposed oh, yeah. to uh, you know our batteries where they're only seventy seven kilowatts. You know yes. these may be two hundred. These may be five hundred kilowatts. Right, but sometimes you have what's called a, a reefer, where you have a refrigerated right. uh, cargo, and and that's a little more significant. And and yeah. still, you'd, you'd rather be plugged in, um, so that when you do leave, you're not at seventy percent, but you're still at ninety nine percent or whatever. Right. Interesting. You, you should mention that, breaks. Patrick. I was at a trucking show this uh, spring, and they were debuting some of the new Thermal King, uh, which is a manufacturer of reefers. Uh, that uh, are placing solar panels across the entire roof of the 50 feet, 53 foot reefer, and nice. that is feeding in to electrically drive the cooling system at the front of that trailer. So uh, they're awesome. just now doing this, <laughs> and they, and they also give you the ability to. It's got a battery in it as well that you can plug it in uh, when you're done for the night, and it can charge up. And then in the morning, you've got a fully uh, fully charged battery plus the solar panels keep it topped up all through the day that's awesome so going to be going to cost a little bit more obviously because uh, there's oh. more stuff involved but uh over the long haul uh less maintenance because there's no mm -hmm. you know uh ice motor fuel, uh, yeah. pumping uh fuel into it to to keep it running so there's another uh thing with this is sometimes you have the depots where they want to drop the trailer and, and get on with life. Uh, for the reefer units, they would have to figure out shore power. But if it's got the, uh, the solar, they can just make sure it's not covered up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't park that one under the tree. 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and they would also save. Uh oh. Save the business. Walmart or Amazon or somebody. Yeah. Um, Casey, you're breaking up a little bit, but I think we got you back. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So yep. if it's if it's somebody that 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 measures the beans, they can they can easily say, yeah, we we would actually rather pay the little bit up front for to, to own these trailers than than to have to do it the old fashioned way. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Next story. Uh, cars.com did a study on the vehicles that are that are sold in the United States, and they wanted to find out which vehicle has the most American parts in it. And uh, no surprise to us, uh, the Model Y and the Model 3 came out at number one and number two. Uh, number five was the Model S. Uh, number six was the Mo Model X. So uh, Tesla had four uh, positions out of the top ten. And, of course, they own the number one and number two spots for the most American-made vehicle in the United States. Since everything is basically made and shipped to Fremont right, yeah. right now, with the exception of some stuff going uh, to um, uh, Texas, uh, yeah, it's 100%. And yeah. uh, that uh, is certainly a huge uh, hill to climb because industry average, it's about 52%. So this oh, is a wow. huge uh, win uh, for Tesla being the most American car being made in America. And it is surprising that some people don't even know that Tesla is an American car. In right. some cases. Who makes that? So yeah. it's, it's amazing. Uh, but uh, it is, uh, it's not, uh, yeah, it's, it's no small feat, but that's, uh, uh, with Tesla, they are doing a lot of their own work. They are doing a lot of their own uh, making of parts. We know their seats are made by them and, and other parts that they source themselves to put together in this car. And that's made it 100% in, in uh, these two cases. I wonder, wow. I wonder what pushed the S and X up so much further than they used to be because they, they didn't used to really make these lists. And like mm -hmm. the only thing I could think of offhand is the, the, the Model 3 motors that are in everything now. But at the same time with that, they already made the motors for S and X at Fremont. Uh, previously, when they were AC induction, or did everybody else just get worse and they floated? Well, I, I think wouldn't the, wouldn't the seats be one of the things that? Ah, uh, yeah, because the seats used seats. to come from elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, and and now they're the universal seats. Uh, yeah. So the only thing coming in is 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 the only major components coming in are the uh, a, um, FSD computer, but that that's coming from uh, Samsung, and that's in Texas now. And then you've got. Um, the, the batteries are still Japanese because they're still using 18650s across the board on, on those. Mm -hmm. What about the screens? Who makes Tesla's screens? The they're screens changed. Yeah. Hmm. And then um, the steering wheels and stocks and those things um, mm -hmm. are, uh, I assume some of those are from Germany or I don't know. Well, they used to be, the but now they don't the have Alcan stocks. <laughs> the Alcantara, that's coming in from somewhere else, I bet. Right? <laughs> Right. Yeah. So this is the this is the great thing about being vertically integrated is that um, they they want to have all this stuff sourced locally so that if if uh, there's some natural disaster halfway around the world it it doesn't uh, stop them from being able to make vehicles. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's what they're doing in China. Remember our story mm -hmm. a little bit uh, a little bit ago where uh, we found out that now over eighty percent of the product. That goes into uh, Giga Shanghai vehicles is sourced locally uh, around Shanghai. So uh, you make these individual islands uh, where Giga uh, Giga plants are, and you start sourcing locally. And as Patrick has mentioned, if there is a crisis somewhere in the world, it doesn't affect all of your plants because they're all vertically integrated within the region that they exist in and uh, makes them all kind of isolated islands uh, that can keep producing if there's an issue elsewhere, which makes complete sense uh, to keep production up. Yeah. I don't know how many times uh, Elon Musk has told the story about getting trunk carpet from Mexico and it being stuck in customs. I yes. think that is just stuck in his brain and he never wants to be in that situation again. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because like even on his latest interviews, like he's like, yeah, we we looked at selling them without trunk carpet, but uh, no. <laughs> Especially right. the, the back of the Model S is not a pretty sight without carpet. <laughs> it covers up a few sins. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting, Patrick, uh, we may as well mention that uh, if you have interest in uh, Elon's interview with Silicon Valley, part three has been released uh, just oh, yes. yesterday. Okay. So uh, oh, you can get out cool. and see that uh, now on their YouTube channel if you want to see part three of three uh, just released. If their channel wasn't marked as kids, I'd get a notification, but you can't get notifications <laughs> on kids' channels. <laughs> That's <laughs> Looks weird. like an error on their part. I've been I've been bringing it to their attention. They're not quick on the uptake, Casey. Well, they they, they, they are on the... YouTube's part of, of all the things you should restrict on a kid channel notifications. Really, yeah. right? I understand chat, but they they obviously mark each video as not a kid's video because you can chat on on their videos. <laughs> Weird. Oh man! So, but clearly, like like Elon said, all input is error. So if you have to tell it that, uh, then, then <laughs> YouTube screwed up. <laughs> Yeah. Now, uh, JT24 mentioned this earlier. Uh, Casey, what's up with Aptera Solar Vehicle? That's yes. got a connection to Tesla this week. What is that? It, it is. So we saw earlier on the uh, very early prototypes, uh, we saw glimpses of the uh, Aptera charge port was actually the TSLA2 connector. And it was a Tesla charge handle with the Aptera logo on it. And uh, Chris Anthony was uh, interviewed or doing a video, and he said that uh, years ago we saw the evolution of Jason J1772 connector, and I think we all marveled at the inadequacy of the connector. It was big, clunky, <laughs> and it looks like a hairdryer. It wasn't at all elegant. <laughs> then, then the one Tesla brought up uh, their plug, and it was beautiful, elegant, and with a little handle you could easily plug into your vehicle. And then, uh, and then uh, there's a, there's a comparison picture between the CCS connector and the Tesla. Uh, well, the Tesla one connector for everything, DC and AC. Those are some <laughs> stealth burns there on the uh, J1772. He's not, yeah. you know, coming out and saying, this is a sucky piece of crap. But he's saying it's a sucky piece of crap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so uh, he goes beyond that, uh, beyond, beyond, you know, saying that the Tesla connector is nice and that the standard one is garbage. Uh, he said that every manufacturer should switch over to the Tesla connector. And uh, the... Author, the author of the article goes on to say he doesn't think it'll happen because Tesla just kind of folded like a cheap suit in Germany and Europe, and mm. uh, and, and they have no incentive to do anything about it here in the U.S. Yeah. But it is interesting that when the Aptera, Aptera solar car came out there, one of their early versions, someone noticed that the plug-in that they had on the vehicle was an actual Tesla plug-in. So, of course, that threw up all sorts of humors, or rumors of Oh, they've got to deal with Tesla, blah, blah, blah. They're going to share the charging network. Well, of course, no, that was not the case back then, over a year ago. But the CEO, or, or I guess they just had a, an opening, uh, an unveiling of their most current uh, version of the vehicle. They're getting close to a build uh, vehicle. They're not quite there yet. I understand that the next one will be the build vehicle. But what they're showing off as of this week uh, was their newest and in an hour-long interview uh, with some of the uh, leadership of the company, uh, they indicated that they would love to have the uh, Tesla connector on their vehicle. I, I, I got to believe that they've reached out already to Elon or somebody to say, say this publicly. Can, yeah, <laughs> can we share your network? Like, I got to believe that that's coming. That 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 they are somebody that is actively trying to uh, get Tesla to agree to that because. They seem so positive about the charger for the past over a year. So I got to believe that they're hoping uh, that they can strike some sort of deal with Tesla to use the superchargers. Yep. They are uh, not the first ones to uh, make this observation, uh, nor am I. But in 2017, I wrote an article called Why Tesla's Charging Network Should Become Everybody's. Yeah. And, and, it's only it's only like Tesla still running away. They're they're what over two thirds of the market mm -hmm. even today, like deployment. So if, if anybody were to move, it, it wouldn't hurt the others to move to to the Tesla standard or or to get adapters. Ford was so busy making an adapter for J seventeen seventy two to <laughs> TSLA two, uh, perhaps they can make one the other direction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure they could if they wanted to. Absolutely, oh, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, I wonder how the Aptera vehicle will do. I, I understand they're at 25,000 reservations at this point. So uh, they're getting up there. 
um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, they can strike some sort of deal uh, with Tesla. It would be nice that another manufacturer strikes a deal with Tesla if it's, you know, if it if it works for Tesla as well. Obviously, there has to be some some reimbursement uh, for the network that's already there. Uh, they have to have the same standards so they can read what's charging's going on. So Aptera would have to adopt some of uh, Tesla's uh, protocols, I'm sure. But uh, I think but Tesla this, would ins- insist you use a, the a Tesla app. <laughs> yeah, I think this would not be a bad fit um, for Tesla. Uh, and if, and if, it ha- if it happens, though, I can then see other manufacturers seriously considering getting on board versus just talking about it and forgetting about it like we saw in the past. Yeah. Oh, I disagree. We might see some other startup like Aptera try, but the the big boys are already fixed in their ways, and I don't think they're willing to. It it only endorses or legitimizes Tesla. They're never going to do it. But at the same time, if Tesla were to look at spinning off the charging network or or something like that, so it was a little more agnostic, you're not seeing Tesla in your face every time you you bring an off-brand there. Uh, Depending on how this situation goes in Europe, I could see... See them coming around. I don't. I'm not holding my breath that it will happen, but I can. I can see a world where it does happen. What What they need to do is where it says Tesla in red, is they replace that with some sort of LED signage, and then when your car. the car plugs in, it just says somebody else. Ford. <laughs> <laughs> just get a whole lot of Nada stickers to put in. Front Nada, of yeah, yeah. Nada <laughs> Tesla. Yeah. Light it up like a motel. Nada Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. Absolutely. <laughs> Very good. Well, that's uh, that's the news for the week. Um, we you thank got, you all you, for joining us. What's you've that? You got one for me, right? Oh, that's right. You've got a you've got an extra one, don't you, Patrick? That oh, nice. is right. Yeah. The one more thing. So if you've got that image that I uh, sent that you can share, I'm searching for that right now. So as we mentioned at the top of the show yesterday was the solstice, the summer solstice, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. And uh, that makes it the longest day of the year. And uh, here where I'm at in the Portland area, the sun rose at 523 and didn't set until 904. Nice. So that's 16 and a half hours of sunlight. That was a, a long day, and uh, which means a lot of solar production. So I, I sent Mark an image of my uh, solar production, and uh, let's see. I'm just downloading it now. Sorry, Patrick. I thought up, I had downloaded it, it already. I was looking okay. for the button. Got it. Okay, yeah. here we go. Here we go. Okay. So uh, you can see shirt. I made uh, 76.5 kilowatt hours during the day, which is enough to charge a Tesla Model 3 from completely empty to full. Uh, yeah. The long-range one... Pre twenty twenty one. Yeah, it now. Yeah, we see it. Okay. Can you make it bigger? That's what she said. (laughs) 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 Who said that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And uh, you can see there was a few clouds that passed there in the morning and a couple uh, at noon. And so, yeah, you can see that it started before 6 a.m. and and went till well after 9, well after 8. And um, our panels, we have they're not south facing. South facing is where you get the the most production. Ours are east west, which uh, spreads it out a little more during the day. Yeah, is your your roof ridge, main roof ridge going north and south? Yes. (laughs) Yep. Yep, so we've got about uh, 6KW on each side. Most of mine are on so the you've, front. You've got it. You've got it basically east-west to mm-hmm. just prolong the length, and you've got enough panels to cover what you need. So you can yep. have that little bit less intensity uh, during the day, but it spreads it out. Yeah. Right. Yes, and it's actually much better for the grid that way. Although most of the time for us, we're. Uh, uh, well, I mean, today on this stuff, we were certainly feeding into the grid quite a bit. In fact, that was one of the points I wanted to make. And uh, you pulled the image off before I could uh, get to mm-hmm. that one. Oh, yeah, I got it now. So, uh, yeah, of that 76 we made, uh, almost 50 of it went into the grid. So, like, two-thirds of it went into the grid uh, yesterday. So we are we are banking uh, kilowatt hours, even though we have uh, uh, power walls. Uh, if, when you're making this much... It's uh, you know our power walls are 
uh, we've got three of them and they're 13.5 each. So what is that? 45. Um, uh, anyway, it's, 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 uh, we could fill those up and still export to the grid. Yeah, so you use those power walls as a, a buffer of sorts, right? That uh, you can you can use them for storms. You could use them for when the energy price is high. Exactly. Uh, you could use them for a number of purposes, but you're you're always retopping them up so your your emergency plan B is already ready to go. Exactly. Yeah, and when we're generating a lot of solar like this, I can put that reserve pretty low uh, because the next day I'm going to have uh, sun and I'll be able to recharge them. So uh, in the winter, I keep the reserve pretty high, but in the summer like this, it's down at like 19%. Right. Plus, uh, most of the weather events that would cause you to need it, uh, you can see coming. And if it's just like a simple grid cut that lasts way too long, the next day you'll say, hey, charge back up, but don't don't go down as far. And, right. Uh, yeah. But in the wintertime, it's harder to recover that. So like you said, yeah. Right. And we have Stormwatch mode, which is a really cool feature that Tesla has. So even if I have, even if um, I say I have the reserve set at 15% and it's down there, uh, it, th we usually get some notification of some of event, um, whether it's flooding or fires or winter storms or whatever, um, uh, the day before. And so as soon as that happens, it charges from the grid and gets to full and is ready for that event so that, that, that if we lose power for any reason, that they've got us covered. And then I've got the poor man system behind me, so it'll cover 10 circuits, and uh, you can do self-sustaining, you can do grid arbitrage, you can set your rates, just just like the power wall, except it doesn't do your whole house. Cool. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, with that, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up on the video. Please press that subscribe button. helps us out. doesn't cost you a dime. You support the channel. And uh, also uh, follow us uh, during the week uh, on our... Uh, our Twitter feed at the Tesla Life or our Facebook feed, the Tesla Life numeral one. And we want to thank Patrick for monitoring uh, the Facebook feed. And we want to thank Casey uh, for keeping our live YouTubes going. So uh, appreciate you both for that. With, uh, with that, uh, any shout outs uh, this evening, Patrick? I've got one. So uh, Casey, uh, I've shout out to you. You mentioned that you have an air quality monitor. Yes. And uh, I, so I went and got one. It's just a, it, it was only it was less than 40 bucks uh co2 vocs uh and uh it's all right here and keep making sure that i uh can breathe <laughs> right <laughs> if we do end up with wildfires it's going to be going crazy i don't know what i can do about it other than uh crank all the air filters on high but uh well, there's that, that box a... i showed off last year um for for the COVID stuff that actually works for wildfires too you just have to change the filters more often Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we, we got, uh, we just bought six big HEPA filter systems and, uh, uh yeah, go. so I'll be able to crank those up and, uh, yeah. yeah so, so thanks for mentioning that. And, uh, yeah, it was, if, a, there, a cool if there are no wildfires and it goes red, open a window, but if it are wildfires and it goes red, break out all the filters. Right. Yes. Depending <laughs> on what the source is, you either <laughs> let it in or let it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my normal plugs, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeba.org and I blog occasionally at cardswithcords.net. Thanks. Very good. Casey, any shout outs from you this week? I do. So Sunday, it was shaping up to be a pretty good show. You can find it at uh, youtube.com slash Casey Green. That's K-A-C-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N. Uh, sort of going to handle on on the length of the shows they're still longer than 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 planned but uh we're, we're working on that it's, it's kind of fun because the the hosts and the guests kind of come in and out throughout the show so it's like uh cool. who you start with is not who you end with <laughs> except for you except for me and uh <laughs> i hope so when it's right, on right, the that green channel <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've still got a bunch of pre-recorded videos I've got to edit and deal with, but uh, I'm still trying to figure out uh, work-life baby balance, and uh, eventually you'll see another video come out. Uh, I did do one. It was the, the What Drives Us intro, but that doesn't exactly count. So <laughs> <laughs> Shortened a 30-second video to, to 10 seconds. <laughs> he's on his way. He's, he's working on these things. Uh, Patrick, uh, David in the chat would like you to link uh, a link yeah. to the monitor. Uh, maybe yeah, you could put that oh. in the uh, YouTube uh, show notes. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, this there were a bunch of them. This was just one of the cheaper ones. So, I mean, there was nothing special about it. But, uh, yeah, I can. I can yeah, if you're happy with it, uh, post a link to it. 
Yeah, yeah I, I bought one, one used it for a couple days. I liked yeah. it, so I bought two more to put in the other spots in the house. There you go. There you go. My wife is not happy with there. the one that's by the stove. She's like, it's constantly beeping. Like, <laughs> <laughs> guess what? We have a natural gas stove. <laughs> that's why. Like, I was about saying, yeah, that's yeah, what happens yeah. with ours. My wife starts <laughs> cooking, and the thing goes, because uh-huh. indoor air pollution. Right. The natural yes. gas stove, yeah. Oh, so the methane stove. Yes, thank you. Fossil the methane, methane not stuff. natural yes. gas. Yes, doesn't sound as good, does it? Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, the, the one at our house is uh, that electric eye, but it's uh, under the tempered glass, so it's not as ugly as the the coils. Uh, but when we move back there, what I want to do is replace it with an induction unit because right, it's that time. is also in my plan. Get rid of this. We're electric stuff. already here. Oh, nice. <laughs> the curve. All right, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, thanks for watching. Uh, again, give us a thumbs up. A subscribe and we will see you all next week and find out what's happening in the Tesla below. Thank you, Lee Moon. Stay positive, just negative. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>